The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Today FM. It all happens here. Let's return to a story we covered here on the show yesterday. That of a Garda who admitted coercively controlling his ex-girlfriend during their relationship. And we should say that some of the details here are very distressing indeed. Today he has been jailed for three years and three months. Uh, We couldn't identify him yesterday, but we can today after a reporting restriction was lifted. His name is Garda Paul Moody. Our Today Film Courts correspondent Frank Graney joins us now. Uh, Frank, what can you tell us about this Garda Paul Moody? And can you also maybe briefly remind us what he did to his former partner? Well, he's 42 years of age, Matt. He grew up in Tala as one of five kids. His parents worked locally. And after school, we heard that he took up a number of good jobs in the private sector. But he did eventually turn his back on that to pursue his dream of becoming a Garda. He was 20 years of age when he went to Templemore in 2000. And after graduating the following year, he went on to serve in a number of Dublin stations. And at the time of this offending, he was stationed at Irishtown Garda Station. Um, He has also served on a number of specialised units where he has been involved in the investigation of serious crime. And you may remember a case last year, quite a novel case involving two drunken sailors who were jailed after being caught sailing erratically in a small pleasure boat in Dublin Port's shipping lane. Guard the Moody was actually one of the guards who went out to intercept that boat on the River Liffey. Uh, That was in June of 2017. And he was subsequently commended for jumping onto the boat that day and helping to bring a potentially very dangerous situation to an end. And as it turns out, he met this woman online the previous month. And when she took the stand yesterday, uh, she described him as being very funny, very charming on their first date. She described him as a gentleman. And she said that she trusted him because he was a guard. But he actually used that position to essentially weasel his way into her affections. As I mentioned on the show yesterday, during the course of that first date, they established they had a mutual friend. And armed with that information, he went to this friend under the pretense that he was carrying out an official investigation. And then he used whatever details about the woman that he harvested from uh, that conversation to essentially trick her into believing that he was someone that he really wasn't. Uh, Because with, with all of that detail, he was essentially able to mold himself into her perfect man and she fell for him very quickly. Uh, she described it as a fairy tale start, but it didn't last very long. And soon after they got together, his mask began to slip. He started to reveal his true abusive and controlling self. Over the next three and a half years, you know, we went into great detail about this in the show yesterday, so I'd be brief, but he sent her tens of thousands of vile and abusive messages. He bombarded her with thousands of calls, monitored her phone and social media accounts. He harassed her, harassed her loved ones, beat her, uh, threatened to kill her. He destroyed her apartment, took naked photographs of her without her permission and then threatened to post them online if she didn't do as she was told. He recklessly put her life in danger at one point in his car uh, just off the M50. He intimidated her, her friends, her family, to the point where she totally lost her support network And this was all done, Matt, at a time when she was battling cancer. Uh, That was something that we didn't discuss on the show yesterday. But cruelly, he used to steal her cancer medication. He was constantly reminding her of how she was going to die from her illness, which, as you can imagine, only added to an already extremely stressful, a very scary time for her. We heard they had a row on the way to the hospital one day and he stole her overnight bag. 
I mean, all things considered, that wasn't the worst thing that he did to her. But listening to that yesterday, I just thought it was indicative of how low this man could go and how cruel he could be to her. The abuse was relentless. It never eased up, not even when she was ill and weak and desperately in need of support and a helping hand. It really was relentless and very, very cruel. Okay, let's get to the sentencing. And I understand that his barrister actually argued that his status as a Garda should be taken into account as a means of reducing his sentence. Tell us about that. Yeah, it's a funny one. And and I suppose the reasoning behind that is is twofold. Uh, firstly, it was considered a mitigating factor that he will no longer be a Garda. So his livelihood, certainly in that area, is gone uh, because of what he did. Um, he was suspended when these allegations came to light. Um, that suspension remains. But yesterday he indicated his intention to resign. And you might wonder, because I know an awful lot of people are talking about this online, you might wonder why he wasn't fired. Well, that was the likely outcome, you would imagine, but he would have been entitled to due process. So there would have been you know, lengthy internal disciplinary proceedings before that would have been allowed to take place. He has um, obviously removed any doubt or delay in relation to his departure by indicating his intention to resign. And secondly, then, it was argued that prison is tougher uh, for former members of Angarda Shia Khan, and that is widely accepted and is almost always used as a plea in mitigation when a Garda uh, finds himself or herself in the dock, as was the case here. So, who was the judge, and what did the judge have to say about Moody's behaviour, and why then did he come to a sentence of three years and three months? Well, interestingly, the sentencing judge in this case is Judge Martin Nolan. He himself uh, was once a Garda. So his commentary in relation to this case was of particular interest. Um, We weren't actually sure if Paul Moody was going to be sentenced today because yesterday his barrister uh, said that he was going to seek an adjournment to allow for the preparation of psychological reports. But Judge Nolan said today that that was not necessary because he said that he didn't think that it would change his decision in any way. He spoke about the very graphic and startling nature of the evidence. In fact, at one point yesterday, as the prosecuting barrister Shane Costello was running through the content of the text messages, um, the judge actually raised his hand to say that he had heard enough. He described the messages as vile, obscene, disturbing. He accused Paul Moody of making this woman's life a hell. He described the physical assaults as vicious and he wondered what the logic for his actions were before concluding that there was no logic apart from the logic of you know, what he described as a bully and a disturbed man with a temper. Coercive control carries a maximum penalty of five years in prison. That was the charge that Paul Moody had pleaded guilty to. He obviously would have been given a significant discount for the fact that he pleaded to that charge and taking everything into account, uh, Judge Martin Nolan jailed him today for three years and three months. But the fact that he was a member of Vincardo Chicana, who's supposed to be there to protect members of society, not have been considered an aggravating factor when it came to sentencing in a case like this. You're dead right, uh, Matt. You know, because I suppose it's a significant breach of trust by someone whose role, as you say, is to protect and serve. You know, they're the ones that are supposed to catch the bad guys. They're not supposed to be the bad guys. And Paul Moody's barrister was very aware of that when he pleaded for leniency. He simply had to accept that this breach of trust by a then serving Garda would work against his client. But obviously that would have been balanced against the mitigating factors that I outlined earlier. This isn't a good story for Angarda Shia Kona, obviously, to have a villain within their ranks. But 
it is, and I should say, you know, it is a case where there are heroes in this story too. I mean, you know, it's difficult to know, but would Paul Moody have ever ended up in a dock if, as was the case here, a diligent and righteous colleague of his, you know, pursued an investigation against him after seeing what was on his phone? He saw all of these uh, abusive messages and he followed up on them. You know, they made contact with her. It wasn't the other way around. And I'm reminded of something that Nicola and we can use her first name in this case. I'm reminded of something that Nicola said in her victim impact statement yesterday when she spoke about how she thought she could trust Paul Moody when she realised that he was a Garda and how her feelings towards the force then totally changed in light of what he did to her. And she said that she would feel physically ill if she saw a uniformed member or a patrol car on the street. But she said yesterday that she now knows that they're not all like that. There are good guys, too. And one of them, Detective Inspector Cormac Brennan, made an official statement uh, on behalf of Garda Shiakana after Moody uh, was sentenced this afternoon. I think we have a clip here. And one thing worth noting before we listen to it is how he addresses Nicola directly and how he urges others that might be in similar situations to her to come forward. Mostly today, though, I want to take this opportunity to acknowledge the extreme bravery and courage of Nicola. Coercive control is about power, it's about isolating a partner, it's about breaking that person down, it's a heinous, degrading reign of control. Coercive control is overwhelming and that power is even more overwhelming where the abusive activity is by an abuser who appears to hold a profession or a position of respect in the community, such as in this case, a member of Garda Shikana. Nicola, we want to thank you for speaking up and for telling your story. You can be proud of your immense personal courage self-esteem and resilience in taking that step to speak to Angarda Shikana, to trust Angarda Shikana and to follow through with your case. You have shown to any other person out there in an abusive and controlling relationship that when an abusive partner says no one will believe you, they are wrong. To any person in an abusive relationship, you have done nothing wrong. You do not need to accept it. You are not alone. Please take that first step and speak to somebody, a guard, a support helpline, a family relative, a friend, you will be believed. That was Detective Inspector Cormac Brennan. Frank Graney, thank you for being with us. The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from 4.30. Today FM.